It seems like there's new advisory councils popping up all the time. Nonprofit organizations love to have advisory councils and they're smart because you can get people with a whole bunch of experiences and knowledge and background to advise you on your programs and services and make sure that you're staying mission focused. But a lot of people offer advisory positions without that being very well defined, especially maybe if somebody wants to be on the board of directors and there's no room for them right now, or it's not a perfect fit. They say, well, you could be on our advisory council, but what does that really mean? So whether it's a certain project or a certain program, or it's your whole organization that you're thinking of developing an advisory council for, I want to walk you through how you develop your advisory council so that it's clear, it's meaningful to the people that are serving on that advisory council, and you're fulfilling the purpose that you intended for this advisory council when you started it. All right, let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 17 of the Harvesting Results Show, where I help you serve others by providing tools, resources, and advice so that you can nurture those roots to harvest the fruits of all of your hard work and dedication to your unique cause. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about developing advisory councils. And if you are like me and you like to work in real time and you want to maximize all the time that you have and be productive, head on over to katulo.com slash advisory and you can grab a completely editable advisory council tool that you can use. And while I'm going through these steps of developing an advisory council, you can just develop yours right now um, and leave this with all the essential elements you're going to need to create your council. So head on over to katulo.com slash advisory, pause the video now, go grab that template and meet me back here. Okay. So let's walk through the eight steps that it takes to develop a advisory council. First, you need to get the name, right? What, what are you trying to do here? Is it truly an advisory council where you want people to advise? So they just kind of review your stuff. They might meet together and review how you're doing, review certain program materials and give you advice. Or is this more of like a work group or a task force? So work groups are more like they're actually going to work on things, develop things for you, offer deliverables, execute things um, for your program. So that might be an actual work group. And if you are expecting people to work and deliver things, call it a work group. Be super clear and save yourself the frustration of saying, I wonder why my advisory council never delivers on the things they say they're going to develop. Well, because they thought they were going to be on an advisory council. Okay. So if you want them to work, call it a work group and get it right out there in the open, or you could call it a task force. If you have something very specific, a very, a job that has a an end date and they know that the task force, the group is going to disband after, and it's a small amount of people working on a particular project. Maybe it's a task force. Okay. But if you want an advisory council, you can call it an advisory council. And that means that it's usually people, a group of people that are going to give you advice on something that is mission related. So let me just, why would this be important? Well, you might need people to give you a perspective of like what's going on in the industry. What are the different perspectives around this issue? And we would like you to all kind of look at our stuff and make sure that it's going along with the industry. So we'll talk about that more when we're talking about selecting the 
the individual people, but there's a lot of things that you may want to get advice from multiple perspectives, and that's where you'd wanna call it an advisory council. Next, you gotta define the purpose. What's the purpose of this group? So maybe the purpose of this group is to make sure that you're keeping the population's needs in perspective at the center of everything you do. So if that's the case, let's say that you are an organization that helps um, survivors of a certain disorder. Well, maybe you want an advisory council that's all different types of survivors. And you have people that had, you know, a really bad outcome. You have people that didn't have such a bad outcome. You have people that are high socioeconomic status, low socioeconomic status. You have people from all different uh, rural and urban, all different diverse perspectives sitting on this council so that when you're going to serve the population you serve, you can say, hey, does, does this align with the needs of the community and would this appeal to you? And then they can say, well, it would appeal to me or no, it wouldn't. Or one person can say, yes, absolutely. And another person can say, not in my particular situation. That's not what happened for me. Mine was way worse than that or whatever. So that you're getting all the perspectives of the community you serve on one council. And then you're passing things through to them, like materials to review, new program advertisements, program, uh, program advertisements, like where you're actually promoting what your programs do. Does that speak to your community. So if you have a nonprofit that serves a particular population, it's a great idea to have a council that represents those people with lived experiences. So define that. Say, say that what the, the purpose is for them to uphold the lived experience or to incorporate the lived experience or to incorporate the experience of foster youth, to incorporate the experience of people suffering with this disorder, whatever, in all mission activities. So that's the purpose or whatever your purpose is. Maybe it's just to provide expertise in their area on mission activities, but figure out why does the group exist and articulate it? Okay, so then you wanna decide who do you need on this advisory council. So say that you have an organization that serves foster kids. Well, maybe on that advisory council, you want to have a trauma therapist, you wanna have a school uh, counselor or a teacher or a foster parent or a case manager from the Department of Children and Families, anybody that a former foster youth, anybody that's involved in the foster care system and touches these kids' lives. And maybe you do that so that you can make sure that you're keeping up with the industry standard. Maybe you started with a program model and you continue to go and you know you ask them, how does this look? And they can bring to you, well, actually, this is what we're doing with uh, kids in foster care. This is really where the department's headed. This is where what would be a good niche for you guys to go into. This is something to keep in mind so that you can keep your you know finger on the pulse of what's happening in the rest of the world as it pertains to this population. So who do you need? Who are those roles? Who is that expertise that you think would be good uh, you know around your mission and then actually develop the that list of people that you want to invite you're also going to want to determine a timeline now if this is just a forever council that people are going to be a part of people usually don't like to be invited to something that they have to commit forever to so if there's terms you know maybe you could say we we ask you to serve on it for a year for two years um 
whatever the timeline is that's reasonable for you. Maybe people can, you ask for a minimum commitment of two years, but it's an ongoing counsel. So anything after that, they can stay on if they choose. It doesn't matter what it is. You just have to articulate it. You have to write it down. You have to define it so that people know what they're opting into. You can't just say, hey, you know, it, it didn't work out for you to be on the board, but we would love you to be on our advisory council. And then they go, okay, great. What does that entail? Well, well, I don't really know. I guess you could give us some advice sometime. No, our advisory council, it's, it meets this often. It happens. It's for this long. Um, we're looking for these particular people to be on it. So, you know, you want to have some definition of, of what happens. Now that you know how long the group goes for, how long is the council going to go for, or how long do you expect people to commit to it, you want to determine what do meetings look like? So if you're going to invite somebody to an advisory council, they need to know how are they going to participate? So this might be, we do monthly Zoom meetings. This, this might be, we do quarterly Zoom meetings. This might be, we meet whenever we need to when there's a new initiative. Now, I would rather you not just meet whenever you need to because I feel like people still don't really know, you know, what that means. And then a meeting just pops up and then it's easy to forget things. Time goes by really quick and maybe you're only meeting once a year. So if you have quarterly meetings, then it kind of forces you as the executive director to come up with things that you should be asking the advisory council about. So if you have an event coming up, tell them this is how we're promoting the event. This is the copy we have for the event. Does it speak to you? Is there anything else that we should have added? Um, we're thinking about this new program. This is how we're outlining it. Does it look good to you? Do you think we've missed anything here? And then if you want to, and you don't have things for them to really advise on right at that moment, you can also ask, like, we would like you to bring to this advisory council anything that you are working on, any new insights that you have from your work in the community that you would like to share with us just so that we can kind of listen. Maybe you uh, come up with a few questions that are just prompts for them to tell their experiences and their stories at an advisory council meeting so that you can understand how their experience might influence your work. So you want to determine what meetings actually look like. So if that's quarterly, that's great. What's the format? Um, is there a structured agenda? Who creates that agenda? Is it going to be Zoom? Is it going to be in person? Is somebody keeping notes? Like what happens at the actual meetings and how do you keep track of them? How do you keep track of who's showing up? All of that good stuff. Define that out. What do meetings look like? then you want to determine what are the benefits for people to be a member. Time is the most valuable resource. So if you're going to ask somebody to give their time and just free advice to your organization, then you should have some benefits. Whether that's, you know, we put you on our website to say that you are part of our advisory council, um, whether that is a social media highlight, um, whether there's other incentives or a stipend or honorariums, you can pay people um, if you have the budget to do so. So think about that and let them know what are their benefits. There's, there should be something um, that they can do. Maybe just say that they volunteer at your organization and they can put that on their LinkedIn profile. But think through what is the benefit to them. Then you want to create job descriptions. Okay. So nothing leads to an unproductive group more than people not knowing what their role is or what they're supposed to be doing. 
So create job descriptions so that they know what they're supposed to be doing. Either there's a job description, just one for all of the uh, advisory council members, or there's several for different types of roles. Like maybe you have a secretary, maybe you have a chair, maybe you have um, individual members, maybe you have a certain expert on this thing, a certain expert on that thing, and you want them to bring particular perspectives to the advisory group. So develop those job descriptions, okay? And um, at the very least, you know, make sure that everybody has a role so that they are bringing something to do, so that they are engaged and they feel like they have ownership over what they're supposed to bring to each meeting. So what I usually tell people to do is have um, actual time for each member to report on the agenda, whatever they're reporting on. It could be their perspective. Like I said, it could be them just bringing a tidbit, but they're going to bring something to the meeting so that they feel engaged and they are actually going to have their name on the agenda so that you can engage them better. So you want job descriptions and put that expectation that they are actually going to have to contribute to each meeting um, while they are on the council and think about policies too in this job description. What happens when people say they'll be on an advisory council and they just don't show up? Um, and then all the other people think that like, yeah, Linda's on this thing, but Linda's never showing up and I guess I don't need to show up. So what's beautiful about this is you can come up with your policies now and I like having the policies right out front, but if you want to, you can get the group together, this council that you think, you know, is going to be your council. And you can actually ask them first things first, let's come up with these policies. What do you guys think we should do when somebody doesn't show up to meetings? How should it work if it's not working out or if we want to roll somebody off or how long should people stay on? If you want to wait till the group's there or say you already have an advisory council that you haven't defined, the, defined these things, don't do it in a silo and you're not the executive director that's saying, and you're going to get fired if you don't do, no, say like, hey, I want this to be a productive group. I want everybody to feel valued. I don't want anybody to feel like they're pulling more weight than another person. So what, how do you guys want to be held accountable to this and what seems fair? And then when people come up with their own policies, if they miss three meetings and they don't seem engaged and you go, hey, remember the policies that you made up? Do you want to still be on the council? Like, is this still a fit for you? When they're being held accountable, it's a lot easier for them to digest because they came up with the policy, right? Okay, and finally, verify commitment. So you've invited somebody, you've told them we would love you to be on the advisory council. This is the purpose of the advisory council. This is the time commitment that it's gonna take. This is the value we think you're gonna add. Uh, we ask that you stay on here for at least a year and then anything after that is, you know, frosting on top. We want you to come to Zoom meetings, monthly, whatever it is. And if they say yes, then have them like commit to that. Have them sign something where they're actually committing to that. So that if you have to hold them accountable, you have an added layer of commitment that you've executed in the beginning. And usually when you execute these things in the beginning, you have a lot less issues with people not understanding their role and not showing up because it was very clear right from the get-go, right? I hope that was helpful. Don't forget to go grab your development tool, which is completely editable and so that you can just bang all these expectations and, and all of this out right now and get ready to develop or add some clarity and some foundational elements to the advisory council you maybe already have 
That is at catulo.com slash advisory. That's my gift to you. And I would love you to go ahead and comment below. What type of counsel do you have or are you developing? And why is it critical to your mission? Why, why will it help your mission out? I would love to hear those and to have other people in our community see the different kind of counsels out there and all the great that your work that you guys are doing. All right. Thank you so much for your service to this world. Until next time.